have a quorum? Right, um, Adam Weigel, Florence Transit, call this meeting to order. And we'll start with some comments from Jessica and Paul, roll call. Thank you. We have a few housekeeping items for this meeting. A meeting is being broadcast and record on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this meeting has been disabled and all chats will directly go to Paul and I as hosts. Unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn off your video. If you have any trouble, you can send us a chat. The city and NPO reserve the right to mute people or turn off individual video to minimize distractions during the meeting. I'll turn it over to Paul for a roll call vote. Crick. Here. Cronin. Here. Uh, DeVries. Here. Gentry appears to be absent. Mathis. Uh, Rodden. Glenn, are you there? I'm here. Great. And Voigt? I'm here. And Weigel? Here. So we do have a quorum present. All right. Did we hear from Lindley? Did you do Sanford? Did we hear from Lindley? Oh, I, thank you. I skipped, skipped Lindley. Uh, yeah. Sanford. I'm here. All right, so uh, item B is public comment. Do we have any written public comment or anybody in the room? Nobody has provided written comment. There's nobody in person and no one has indicated online they would like to comment. All right, we will move to item C, which is approval of the minutes. We have April 4th minutes. Any questions or discussion on this or any motions? I move to approve the April 4th minutes. I second that. Got a motion from Jeff, second from Dave. Can we do a roll call? Crick. Aye. Cronin. Aye. DeVries. Aye. Mathis. Eleanor, we're having some trouble with your audio. Not sure if you want to check your settings. Maybe give us a test. Nothing yet. Maybe a thumbs up for a yes vote. Um, Rodden. Yes. Sanford. Aye. Voigt. Aye. Weigel. Aye. So the motion passes unanimously. All right, we'll move on to item D, regular agenda, Vision Zero Safety Action Plan Steering Committee. Yes, thank you. Um, we were successful in partnership with the city of Lawrence and Eudora and Baldwin City to acquire a Safe Streets and Roads for All grant to pr uh, proceed with planning for a Vision Zero Safety Action Plan. As part of that process, we've been using our MPO public participation plan and the tools within that plan to scope out um, the stakeholders and the values um, from the forms in that plan. Um, we are 
at an involved slash probably consult level of engagement based on what we've committed to in the application and what was expected from um, the feds for uh, uh, for the Safe Streets and Roads for All planning process. Um, and so we are prepared for your consideration today and some discussion, a draft uh, steering committee for the Safe Streets and Roads for All uh, planning process. We are waiting um, to get our new federal liaison from Federal Highways and still waiting on a contract to Per, uh, proceed with this work, but we want to make sure this isn't holding it up because we do have some other committees that will need to be um, pursuing appointments. And so we don't want the timing to delay us any on developing our steering committee. Um, we have uh, identified a list of who all we think needs to be included in that. I'm happy to share my screen um, and look at that really quickly with you all. Um, remember, this involves three municipalities, and so we do have um, representation, kind of, from each of those each of those organizations, um, and then some larger connections back with Haskell and KU um, in terms of safety and and representing populations. Was there anybody any stakeholder group that people felt was missing from our steering committee perspective. Um, we did identify some additional stakeholder groups and that you'll see kind of later at a later point in time in terms of thinking about the public participation plan and who we are working to engage directly. Um, but many of those groups either were larger demographic groups at large that will need to engage in this process um, that we didn't include necessarily as a point of contact on the steering committee. But I'd be happy to entertain any conversation when we've had this conversation before, kind of about who should be included. I think USD 497 is the one that people have suggested last year when we talked about some of uh, other safety initiatives. We have a Safe Routes of School working group, and that's staffed um, by MPO and Municipal Services and Operations. And Dustin and I are co-partnering co on uh, coordinating this project. And so um, we kind of felt there was a tie in there, but I'd be happy to entertain any suggestions or comments you have about who might be missing or um, any response to who we've drafted so far on the list. All right, open it up for members. Anyone have any initial thoughts looking at this? Others we should suggest be included? There isn't any at large, Adam, too, I would maybe throw out to you in terms of thinking about, you know, Lawrence Transit, or we also have public transit. Does Lawrence Transit representative, does it belong here down here as staff with us in terms of coordinating, even though it's not leading the work as a, and, you know, and leave this for the advisory committee rep, or I'd welcome your comment specifically on that if you had other thoughts. Yeah, I suppose one of my comments or questions would be we, we had a similar setup when we worked through our uh, transit route redesign steering committee and had kind of this split um, steering committee member section and then kind of a staff section. There weren't a whole lot of uh, voting decisions to be made through that process. It was mostly discussion, but there was some expectation that the staff or even if you look at the state and federal partners sections here would be there to provide objective information and not necessarily guide as much as the steering committee members. So, I mean, I'd be comfortable with transit being part of staff as opposed to um, in that 
more kind of guiding the direction area with the steering committee members. But I suppose I, that's one of my questions is, do we envision this probably as this group operates mostly discussion? Do we foresee any, like, will it be kind of voting members above this line and non-voting members below the line sort of idea? Yeah, I mean, generally we lead our steering committee processes through, you know, a kind of consensus building process where we're not actually taking formal votes on any of the work that we're doing, but coming to consensus around um, whatever strategies or uh, things that we identify in terms of kind of vetting all of those considerations. Uh, the development of this plan will need to, let's talk a little bit about what that entails maybe. Um, just so you have a better idea about what this group will be doing. Um, it's probably reasonably technical, some of the components are, um, in the sense that it will be exploring crash data, creating a high injury network. So understanding where crashes occur, where there's more likely to be serious injuries or fatalities. It will be looking at the state's vulnerable road user high injury network. Um, and it will be doing all of those things across all of the communities that are participating. Um, and then I think so that's the, there's a very technical part, right? There's not a lot. Those are formal kind of processes that are technical. And then I believe there will be some, there will need to be some engagement with the community around, um, you know, after we are able to show what that data looks like in that regard to talk about, you know, the data is part of the picture. It doesn't account for near misses. It doesn't account, you know, data, it's data availability. You know, there will probably be some conversation around that in terms of safety. Um, and then I think there will be some in conversation with the community about setting priorities in terms of different things that we would want to target if we're looking at countermeasures. So there will need to be some education around, say, the safe systems approach for how they envision you identifying countermeasures to improve safety. And those could be things, any of the things you think about that are built environment or programmatic improvements that would basically improve safety or improve um, built environment to um, lead to safety. So um, for future for grant making. And then there will probably be some prioritization within those um, about some of the strategies that we look to carry out as an as part of an implementation component of that, of how we would uh, prioritize or strategize around those factors for implementation. I think that also there is a very formal requirement from Safe Streets and Roads for All that we set a targets. Um, so how long is it going to take us to get to zero with the countermeasures that we've identified and, 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 and moving? So where are the kind of the points, the check-in points for those targets across that time frame? Um, because they're really driven towards, um, measured results in that regard. And so, uh, there will be a, a lot of consideration, I think, kind of on the technical side about, um, understanding how much some of those different countermeasures are going to, um, have whatever safety factors kind of get calculated in, in the criteria for uh, different improvements. So you can see in some part of this, that there's a lot of formal process on it. Um, and so this is a little bit different in 
I think the sense like we thought about it in regards to doing really a really bold staff team and then doing a steering committee that's led by, you know, advocates or concerned citizens, but also recognizing there really needs to maybe in this regard be a mix of both technical expertise and community input all brought together along the same process to kind of build that consensus in the process. Um, we, you know, we previously left some people in that kind of staff uh, category, but here we're working with a lot of other different staff that are beyond our agencies and beyond agencies we've worked with really intensely before. So lots of um, law enforcement partners and um, thinking about it in that regard, we're going to need their buy-in and investment to this process and um, to really get to a place where we can look to implement all probably all the strategies and countermeasures that we find um, that we identify in the process. So we kind of balance those considerations about what the work that we need to do. Um, as I mentioned, there's probably some groups that we haven't um, we didn't include necessarily directly on this list. Maybe they're not represented by a really uh, formulated group, but you know, thinking about students and how impactful that they will be as a component of education. Nationally, there are trends around transportation disadvantaged populations and black and indigenous people of color and um, higher instances of involvement in injury, serious injury and fatality crashes. We'll need to look at what the data tells us here, but we will need targeted stakeholder engagement from some of uh, those groups to make sure that some of our most vulnerable road users are represented um, in this process to understand how we can improve safety for everyone. Remind me our uh, timeline on this process. Is this a year? roughly monthly meetings, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's to be seen. Um, I would have, the federal, our federal liaison change has kind of probably delayed us getting a grant agreement so far. I haven't even heard who the new uh, federal liaison who started last month is to replace Cecily. And so I think, you know, our, vision for this originally would have been we could create a planning process and have an approved plan before the 2024 call for safe streets and roads for all implementation. Um, that means we have a year or less at this point, and we haven't done consultant selection for this process. And so I would say really a year is probably the lar longer end of the time frame we would like to develop this plan. And we, you know, depending on how much work can be done by consultants and then presented, I think we would negotiate that timeline, but it'd probably be a year or less. So you may have a more intense phase where you have two or three meetings over a two month period, and then some times where you don't. I haven't, I've only kind of laid out what I've researched in terms of phasing for this type of work. Um, we would wanna work with our consultant to really understand what timeline they envision for needing to achieve this kind of project. Jessica, just one, actually, sorry, two groups I think that might be worth noting here because I see the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce is noted, but Baldwin City and Eudora's Chambers of Commerce aren't noted. I didn't know if that was uh, something of, of a point of consideration that we might want to take and, and take a look at. Yeah, I think that's something we could add. We um, didn't have a lot of 
involvement in T2050 um, in terms of thinking about how many participants from Baldwin City and Eudora and who those were. Um, the Eudora Chamber declined to participate, and so I didn't include them here in this regard. They felt the city's participation in that regard was sufficient. I think... Glenn, I would be welcome to hear who from your community you think will be, you know, we threw out there, city manager or your designee, I don't know that it'll be you, it could be whoever you designate, um, or another city appointed person or police, if how you feel about whether it needs to be chamber or um, or baker or whoever else. I just uh, know from our experience of trying to reach a broader range of people, we didn't get that level of engagement um, or involvement. Yeah, so. right. No, that's that's a great point. I uh, appreciate everybody bringing that up. Right now, we don't have a Chamber of Commerce director. Uh, we're still in the search process there. So, yeah, I'm not sure also, but that's an inter interesting question. I, I don't have a real good answer for you right now. Besides myself, I really don't have anybody else who would fill that role. So, but perhaps the next uh, Chamber of Commerce director or somebody from the Chamber would participate in that. And I'm not sure about Baker. I don't know if it's ever been brought up before. I would on that point, you know, we in building a similar, similarly varied group for the um, transit process I referenced. There, it's uh, it's just kind of a a matter of fact that you end up having some groups or or some people who don't end up making very many of the meetings. So, I guess right. an um, an idea I would throw out is depending on when we get a consultant and we understand the timeline, we might program in. You know, if we haven't seen a certain group for three months or something, some sort of follow up to see if they'd still like to be involved or if they want to redesignate someone else. Right. Um, just because I think you, we can end up going a whole process and and then we never hear or see from someone, even though we tried to get them in yeah. that group. Right. And I would say if somebody is knocking down the door to that finds out about our process, we can use other public participation tools like stakeholder interviews or other other ways to engage with some of maybe if a group represents a larger group of people going and doing mobile meetings or other sorts of things for our engagement. And I don't know that to involve someone doesn't necessarily mean they have to be on the steering committee. I think the goal of the steering committee is to really ensure that we do have a diverse perspective of voices, um, try, considering all of the maybe the research, like the best practices, or considering um, the data and the existing conditions to help us come you know, to a consensus around a future implementation. If somebody came to us and said, we feel you left us out of this, I think that would be something we come back and we can amend this group in the process. And regardless of if they're on the formal, formal list or not, um, these would be all be public meetings that people could attend in terms of sharing their comment and, and consideration for. And we would welcome that if uh, you know we figured out you know, Glenn, maybe the public library or, you know, oh, some yeah. cultural arts group had a big interest in the identity around safety and transportation safety that we wouldn't want to exclude anyone. And I think thinking creatively about some of those roles may be important in the long run to think about what implementation across all of our communities looks like. Yeah, the school system too might, might also be interested. So yeah, I think there's a lot of people who might be, but that educational process. Civic engagement can be fun. Get on board, people. Oh, absolutely. Come on. 
this one, one of our public involvement tools talks about how controversial or how invested people may be in the decision of your process, like the work that you're going to do and their ability to impact what happens. And I think probably at large, you know, we talked, we've talked a lot internally about there's, there's a lot of people's concern in terms of just personal safety and, and, um, preservate self-preservation. And then that's balanced also by even whether or not you belong to any stakeholder group by, um, you know, your desire to conveniently get somewhere efficiently. And um, those are going to be conflicting values for people across this process, no matter what group you specifically belong to. If you're, um, you know, representing business interests or law enforcement interests or all of these things. And so as we get into some of the countermeasures and start talking about specific locations, I think there's going to be a high level of interest particularly if we're talking about things that um, oftentimes are perceived to um, slow or disadvantage people who are driving cars for the benefit of other safety. And so we are going to, I think, have to have some challenging value discussions around um, the issue of safety um, as we tell the story about what's happening in our community in the areas that we need to maybe improve things. So... All right, any other thoughts or questions from members? All right, so we are looking for an action here. Um, anyone have a motion to recommend approval for this item? If, do you want to move yourself, Lawrence Transit, to the staff list? Please include that in the motion, too, if somebody okay. wants to I do that. I would like that on. if someone else would okay. like to move that. That would be a good. Uh, this is Margretta DeFries. I will make that motion uh, to approve this steering committee with Lawrence Transit as staff rather than steering. Is that what we needed? Yeah, I think that's what you talked about. Yeah, just making sure I included all the right words. I second the motion. Uh, motion from Margaretta, second from Dave. Do a roll call vote, Paul. Rick. Aye. Cronin. Aye. DeVries. Aye. Mathis. Aye. Rodden. Aye. <clears throat> Sanford. I'm sorry. Could you tell me what I'm saying I or nay to? I had somebody in the office and I missed part of that. Can I get we a brief? Yeah, we're approving the steering committee list for the Vision Zero Safety Action Plan. Then I vote aye. Boyd? Aye. White. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. All right. Thank you, everyone. In do we have a um, item E as other business? Do we have any other business to discuss? Members are from staff. None that I know of. All right. Well, our next meeting is on June sixth, or another date set by TAC. Everyone, have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.